This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Brian Hart. Brian is the Chief Technology Officer at Covera Health. Brian, welcome to the show. Appreciate it, JP. Thanks for having me. So, Brian, let's start with yourself, please, as we do with all of our guests. Could you give us an overview of your background in technology and what your journey has been like from where you got started, some of the roles you've held along the way, and what's led you to where you are today as the, the CTO at Covera Health? I started my career in health IT, very specifically focused on the revenue cycle side of healthcare. I started with a very small startup company, a traditional, what you would see in the movies, they were working in a very close-knit space and feverishly putting hours and hours a day, enjoyed spending quite a bit of time hands-on coding that revenue cycle system from the ground up. From there, I more or less expanded my role broadly in health IT, focus in places like document management, point of care solutions like risk packs, mainly focus on radiology. And there I continue to broaden my horizon, focused on AI development. When I transitioned to IBM Watson Health, building medical devices and perspective abilities within the eating workflow, focused on detection of liver lesions, doing virtual breast biopsies as an example, as well as using AI capabilities, specifically text analytics to be able to surface information at the time of interpretation trapped in your sea of EMR information that a radiologist generally doesn't have access to. Some really cool tech I was involved in to be able to bring those to market first of class for IBM at that time. I've been heavily involved with clinical standards, XDS and Diacom, HL7, Fire active in our domain, participating with standards bodies and the IG to be able to continue to further the capabilities across health IT. Just before moving on Covera or moving to Covera, I had focused primarily on graduating our health AI platform from our specific vertical to broader Watson Health to be able to power a number of different cases related to clinical content to be able to then correspond that content to a broader range to bring about this concept around the longitudinal patient record across clinical and administrative data, administrative data being claims data. What made me interested specifically in Colbert is their approach that they had to the general market when in terms of AI. Most of the attention that I did uh, through IBM Watson Health as it relates to bringing AI to market, had uh, all of our focus really on AI for providers. This was a bit of a challenge to realize because AI traditionally within workflow can be disruptive, can cause productivity issues, and tends to have challenges as it relates to demonstrating ROI. In discussion with Cobra Health, when the opportunity approached me, uh, this was an, an era that was quite intriguing. Cobra Health had a very take on the market than the most all the companies today have had in which is provider focused primarily. Cobra has taken up an approach 
to really focus not only on providers, but payers and being able to bring those entities together in a very meaningful way to improve quality at large. This was something quite different than what most other vendors in the market today are focused on and have incredible potential knowing that ultimately the entity that's most interested in quality is the payer looking at the members being the risk-daring entity. And I found it very interesting that Cobera has been able to find an opportunity there and explode that opportunity to really press forward with the quality capabilities that they had uniquely positioned themselves and invested in. This ultimately led me to Cobera Health. Thank you very much for that background. It, it certainly helps understand your journey as it's flowed nicely through the, the interesting work at IBM Health and what got you interested in making the switch to Covera. You touched on it a little bit, but I want to go back a step just for the benefit of our audience listening, some of whom might not be familiar with Covera Health. So tell us about Covera Health, who you are, what you do, mission of the business, and then walk us through uh, the broader team that you oversee as CTO. Our vision is to discover a world where every patient receives the right diagnosis every time. To partner with healthcare providers and payers to improve diagnostic care for patients everywhere is our mission. I am responsible. I'm a CTO for Covera Health and responsible for our tech organization, which includes our engineering, uh, artificial intelligence group, and data science. Let's jump into the unique challenges that you're facing in trying to solve this problem because it's an incredibly complex issue with no real simple solutions. So can, for the audience listening who are not as familiar with the industry as a whole, help us visualize just how difficult the problem is that you're trying to tackle and then the, the exciting part, which is the success that Covera Health is having. You know, the hardest challenge in health is to be confident with the quality that you receive as a patient. As an example, radiologists and physicians at large are practicing medicine. Medicine tends to be relatively subjective in most cases. Specifically, radiology has used a system called peer review, which is essentially peers reviewing de-identified studies and providing feedback of potential misses or findings or mistakes. And that tends to be a very subjective process. Similarly, as a patient, when you don't have the, the answer that you're looking for as it relates to your, your, your diagnosis and you feel like the diagnosis isn't consistent with your expectation, what do you do? Go and get a second opinion um, because it's unclear whether or not that's the best potential diagnosis that you would receive. So many people have this over and over to get multiple scans to, to get to a point where they've got double confirmation or triple confirmation cases or hear what they want that can be pretty expensive and also an unhealthy, unhealthy process, especially when we think about radiation exposure, et cetera. It's difficult to determine whether or not the answer that you receive from a radio radiologist is the highest quality answer today, largely in radiology. Because the subjectivity and the variability are from subspecialist to generalist who read your exam, et cetera. And so it's difficult to measure whether or not that diagnosis was the, was the best that could be generated for a given patient. And so this is quite a, a unique and long lasting problem as it relates to quantitatively, objectively measuring quality in radiology. 
And that's ultimately where Colbera initially focused time and attention energy as it relates to the disparity of quality and the reality around uh, discrepancies that are generating generating errors or misfindings that happen every single day. And so Gobert's initial goals and objectives was to, number one, expose this in a 2017 study that was was posted in one of the journals around MRI centers. Essentially, the inconsistency of diagnosis from across 10 different centers, you get 10 different diagnoses, which demonstrated a real problem in radiology around consistency and quality. And so ultimately, Gobert spent a, a ton of time, effort, and energy developing methodologies and techniques to be able to evaluate quality for radiologists that was ultimately grouped by an outside actuarial firm that established the kind of found it, foundational component of what we do, which is being able to objectively measure the quality of radiologists based upon a variety of different attributes, which then led us into the journey around AI. AI really took hold to be able to provide what we call a second pair of eyes, as well as additional depth of understanding around the clinical episode. As an example, we partner with providers, these high quality providers and broadly providers of large, uh, to acquire our members' images and reports, analyze those using AI tools, specifically computer vision techniques, as well as analytics and identify potential misses between the reports or the diagnosis and the findings within the, the study or the exam. And then ultimately that's reviewed by an internal radiologist that, an internal radiologist that ultimately determines whether or not that specific member or patient requires intervention. Meaning we would, we Covera have the opportunity to reach out to the reading radiologist to convey a clinical finding that believe is interesting and potentially a good intervention point to be able to maybe shift that patient from the current uh, recommendation to a slightly different recommendation uh, to improve ultimately the outcome for the patients. Ultimately, um, starting out being able to understand quality and helping our payer customers to be able to match their members with higher quality providers to then be able to provide that safety net or that second set of eyes using AI to then provide uh, these interventions, as well as being able to collect this information for other very interesting uh, techniques that we use as to measuring quality and providing quality feedback to our participating providers within the network. That's super helpful, Antan. Thank you for going into such detail because it really helps um, give a clearer view of the landscape of the journey of Covera and also how it's impacting uh, patient treatment. You touched on the AI component, which you obviously oversee looking at the entire technology group and, and how AI has changed and, and the adaption over the last few years is quite remarkable. Can you talk to us about the the overall data org at Covera right now and how it's grown, even in, in your time there, just coming up on two years now, for a data engineer, a data scientist, a computer vision engineer listening to this right now, give us a look behind the scenes of the size of the group, the day-to-day, the culture of the team that you, you're working with. So we have a small group, roughly about 65 to 70 individuals across the team. Our AI team is divided into two different sections, a computer vision kind of section, subspecialization, and our natural language team, text analytics team 
We also have an AI clinical team that supports the curation annotation process. And then a data engineering team that works very closely with our AI team and our uh, production engineering team as it relates to the network and the curation of data and be able to catalog, store, and be able to persist that data for access and use to be able to train models. Um, we have a very integrated team in the sense of we incubate, develop models internally. We also use capabilities provided by ScreenPoint for breast imaging capability. But as it relates to our AI techniques, the AI techniques that we had focused on up until now have been largely what folks call AI 1.0, which is a very labor-intensive approach to be able to develop these machine learning models. What's required is ultimately to curate data in a GXP kind of way to be able to annotate using expert clinical experts to be able to provide annotations of things like landmarks and anatomy and ultimately pathology or diseases that exist in these studies. And then being able to feed that training data set into a model to be able to train that model and adjust the model and iterate on the model several times over. And then be able to do the same thing with a validation data set uh, ultimately to prove that the model is behaving at the performance characteristic that you expect and the operating point that's expected based upon your workload demands. And then ultimately to produce that model to production in such a way where you may have to refactor that AI model instead of using a GPU style approach, using a CPU style deployment to address cost impl implications running these models at scale. Related to all of our models that we have today, which currently we have seven deployed models across MSK, breast, lesion, and liver that really focus on this kind of AI 1.0 approach, which is highly labor, long-winded data cycles and curation cycles, lots of energy and effort from a clinical perspective to build out these models to a degree of format to meet our use case to now pivoting into this new paradigm, which people refer to as AI 2.0. And this whole AI 2.0 is wrapped around these whole large language models, which is a new frontier, but has a couple of prerequisites, very important prerequisites to be able to solve. But once you have it to address those prerequisites, which I mean, which is specifically being able to have large data sets. Uh, that are categorizable to be able to have hyper-focused large representations of given pathology in a given body part. So instead of using traditional techniques like expert labeling, we can use the, these large language models effectively through report findings to be able to categorize uh, large data sets and be able to use those data sets to rapidly train these models um, versus the the expert kind of approach, which is a very different animal uh, and opens up the opportunity for a, a massive acceleration that you're looking forward to in 2024 ahead. Yeah. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. When you start to look at 2024, 
and the roadmap ahead. What are some of the things that you're most excited about to work on as a team? And then also for the impact that Covera Health can have on, on the, the future healthcare landscape. What are you looking forward to most? Well, to, to know what I'm looking forward to, you know where we came from. So we spent the last couple of years focused on building out our underlying platform in an aerospace way so that we could ultimately rack and stack AI tools on the truck. So we spent a tremendous amount of time to evolve our systems to be able to have this kind of event-driven concept so that we can acquire that from a natural level. We partnered with, with Nuance, who's a, who was purchased here recently by Microsoft, the largest dictation provider, they, they, the, the gorilla in the industry as it relates to dictation software and other types of really interesting capabilities. They have access to a large portion of, of the national providers. And through that, we've developed a very interesting and differentiating platform that is powered by text analytics, quite honestly, to, to be able to intelligently route information and, and, and expose it to us. We are a cloud native system. Being cloud native is, is an important aspect because everything we do in the cloud is metered. And so it's really important that the platform itself be very intelligent as it relates to exposing specific studies or exams to AI tooling. And so we spent a tremendous amount of time, 20 months, investing heavily in building this platform that would fail to meet our needs and be able to be extensible in such a way where we can rapidly add additional AI capabilities. So as I look to 24, knowing that's in place, get really excited about double downing on our investments in AI using large language models as an approach to be able to categorize large data sets. Now, one of the large data sets that we are pursuing today uh, is when I say large, is about 15 million studies. And so we, we were fortunate to have a data agreement with a close partner of ours to be able to acquire these studies. And we're in the midst of moving under three petabytes worth of data to then ultimately use as our core corpus of data that we will then ultimately apply large language models from a report perspective to categorize that data set. With AI 2.0 and the potential we're in, we can ultimately accelerate through hundreds of thousands of examples of, of given pathology and a given body part that allow to dramatically accelerate our ability to cover pathology where in past, and really just a single model for a single pathology upwards of, of a year, we can trim that down into months or weeks and in certain cases. So I'm super excited about how quickly we can cover pathology because at the end of the day, we support the healthcare ecosystem and the members of our payer customers. And the more that, the more breadth that we can cover, the more that we can have kind of a second set of eyes, the more that we can understand quality of the broader landscape providers and not only understand their performance, but also be able to provide quality feedback in terms benchmarking both based on their peer benchmarking, based on national benchmark to help them improve. One of the things uh, that's powerful is understanding through a data-driven approach, your quality, generally speaking in healthcare, it, because of the subjectivity, it's easy to explain away the fact that maybe I didn't do well in that case, or oh, I was distracted, or I had to go, I was in a hurry, I was rushing th through things. You know, when you get a comprehensive view based upon relative ranking to your peers and where you fall nationally, 
as a provider, that information is received very differently. So when I think about 24, it's about acceleration of, of our ability to broaden the range of, the, of diseases that we can serve and provide feedback and ultimately intervene. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to, we want the patient, I think collectively, I think the entire healthcare ecosystem wants the patient to always be on the best care journey possible. And we can play a significant role because at the end of the day, radiologists are generally very good. Out of other cases, they might miss three or four, a couple of issues out of three or four out of a hundred. But if you're that patient, that three or four out of the hundred, it's meaningful to not have the miss. And if we can support the masses, right, through using these AI tools to help support the radiologist, not replace the radiologist, but really help to maintain that consistency. And we find 10, 12, 14 patients a month that you know, have an undiscovered pathology that can make all the difference. Putting somebody on an accelerated treatment plan versus missing it, having months by and having a real, a real disaster happen. So it's, those are the types of things that I get excited about in 2024. We've done a lot of the hard work over the last couple of years. I've been with Colbera and now it's all about really stoking the, the, the flame and leaning into these large language model techniques to be able to accelerate what otherwise wasn't a possibility even last year. I'm with the continued investments and focus on the, on the, the possibilities for these large language models. That's obviously going to have a knock-on effect to the demand from your team. So where do you see the opportunity for our audience listeners, for people who are interested in, in what they've heard today at Covera and, and may want to come with you on this journey? Do you expect to, to add to the team? If so, what opportunities do you see available coming in the next year for people to maybe come and join you on this mission? We're absolutely growing. We have heavy investments and in our AI data scientists, our AI scientists, both on the computer vision and text analytics side, our data scientists that really support the entire quality analysis and just program are incredible. Relates to where we're growing, probably all over from data engineering for sure to core engineering to data science. As we continue to land additional customers and can continue to buy our breadth of AI coverage. We're, we ha we we have all of the discipline early, which is quite unique in a sense, being a small startup company to have the depth that we have and, and not just depth, but world-class experience internally is exciting. So this relates to where to focus your time. If I were hearing this podcast and I wanted to get involved in AI, data science, general engineering, AI in itself, understand how LMs play a part and how they fit in. I know the industry at large or across the industry are very hyper interested in this prompt-based concept, the prompt-based interactions with LMs, which is a use case, but LMs are interesting to be in other cases in the sense of being able to interpret the depth of information within say a, a dictated report and extended metadata so that you can have very intelligent classification or, or categorization of data sets to, to be trained different models, computer vision models in the case of, in, in our case, but other scenarios. LMs have more use in this kind of question answer concept, although that's telling. I think getting involved in understanding some of the alternative use cases that LM can play a part, I think is a, an essential 
on that area of focus. If you want to get involved, if we look in 24 and 25, we're going to see a significant trend of LLM driven capabilities. Now, not to be confused with hosting a large language model, seven or 15 billion parameter models is untenable, but ultimately using it in such a way where you can accelerate the AI model development process, I think is, is really an interesting space where if, if you're interested in AI, I would, I would concentrate time, effort, and energy because I, I believe other organizations are going to use LLMs in a similar capacity. And I think that'll become a, a stronger area and role that LLMs can play beyond this prompt style, traditional chat piece interaction with LLMs. Final question from me then, Brian, staying on the topic of, of people who, who are interested in this space. Obviously, the success that Covera Health is having is getting a lot of attention. I know as we record this, there was a recent announcement of, of more funding, which is only going to spur on and accelerate continued growth. And what you're doing is one of the best examples of when people hear about AI for good, giving radiologists improved accuracy for, for scans so people can get uh, more personalized and, and the best type of treatment. For your role, your job is to make sure that the technology works to, to do all of this. And a big part of that is hiring top talent. And you talked about it. You guys have a, a stellar list of people that you've already got at Covera, and I'm sure you want to continue on that trend. As the CTO, you're captaining the ship, so to speak. When you're speaking to candidates who you believe can add value to Covera Health, what is it that you tell them about Covera, the environment, the culture, the mission that gets these folks excited to join you guys over some of the other great companies also trying to hire the same talent? So first and foremost, yes, I'm super excited about our series extension of $50 million that we just landed a couple of weeks back. It just stamps what we're doing is definitely exciting and has merit and is adding value. So I, I can be more thrilled. As it relates to recruiting, I'm very blessed in my career to interact with some incredible individuals. And I've had a, a knack for kind of staying together. So stick together mentality and I've been able to curate a network. It's been absolutely just unbelievable. And as it relates to bringing on new folks that are not already perhaps in the network, it's typically the first when I hire folks. But generally speaking, how I speak about Colbert and why it's different is because there are these incredible individuals that I've had many years of experience working directly with or in close contact with that have the same kind of range experience from revenue cycle care to AI that build platforms and then large organizations like IBM to small startups. So the diversity of skill and experience here is incredible. Our chief. AI data science officer, he, you know, comes from Siemens kind of, uh, you know, sister organization to IBM in a way as it relates to the size and their technology depth. So our, our personnel here within Cobra is just, it's absolutely world-class. So I think that's number one number, but very closely tied the mission that we have. I, you know, I'm a kind of individual that is very mission driven. I, I want to do things good. And I mean that passionately, I couldn't see myself in an organization that is and nothing against the organizations that focus on logistics or other types of problems to solve, but that's just not me. I've, I've got a, something that me, that to me means something uh, that's, that's working for a bigger cause. It's going to help someone. So when we're, when I'm interviewing a candidate, one of the things that I look for uh, immediately is 
how they would fit with the team, what motivates them, drives them, what are they passionate about? This is a long, I think a longer term commitment. I'm a big commitment fan and being mission driven and really focused on the high potential value that we can produce here at Colvera is, is definitely an area of consideration that I focus in on heavily for bringing a candidate on board. And the fact that this team, as world as they are, as skilled they are, they're a team of get stuff. They really take pride in their work. They, they're, they're elite for a reason. And that kind of having fun, but being serious and being passionate about uh, what we do is describes in our nut, in a nutshell, our culture here at Colbert and up front, you know, I'm very forward to the fact that we like to have fun, but we like to work hard. Um, and we've got some of the best and brightest in, in the industry. And if that sounds like a good cup of tea, I think you'll do well here. I think that's a great way to finish the interview. Brian, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Really appreciate you sharing your story and your background and how you've been able to make it to where you are today. But most importantly, a great insight into the incredible work at Covera Health. You guys are, are one of the leaders in this space, really taking AI concepts and ideas and putting it into practice. And, and all of us within the US healthcare system can benefit from that. And it sounds like you're just getting started. Huge backing, decent round of funding, and a lot of opportunities for people in the AI and data space to, to advance their skills. So we wish you, the team, and everyone at Covera the best of luck in the months and years to come. I look forward to having you back on the show again in the near future. Most appreciate, JP. I appreciate the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.